الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين استفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الذين قالوا ربنا الله ثم استقاموا سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم In our deen there's something called istiqamah Istiqamah means that when a person attaches their heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They do it once and for all, they do it forever. There's no turning back, there's no looking back, there's no slipping, there's no sliding, there's no lapsing. They decide to have istiqamah. Now when Allah Ta'ala mentioned this group of people in Qur'an, what brought them to this istiqamah? So in this ayah, all they said was what? إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ That's it. They made a decision. Rabbuna Allah. That our Rabb is Allah. Just that feeling in their heart. That that being, that Rabb who does everything for me. Who is taking care of me. Is providing me. Is sending his hidayah, his rahmah, his maghfirah on me. That's Allah. Thumma. Hmm? And immediately after that. Just upon accepting Allah Ta'ala as their Rabb, mm. then they had istiqamah. You know, many times people, they ask this question, that why can't I have istiqamah on deen? I want to have istiqamah on deen. I want to be firm and steadfast on deen. I find myself slipping, sliding, failing, sinning. I spent Ramadan and still I return to sin. I went for Umrah or Hajj, still I return to sin. I recite Qur'an or memorize Qur'an, still I commit sin. When will I have istiqamah? And then they expect and they want that there's going to be some new teaching, some extra teaching, some additional method, that if only they could learn that, then they would have istiqamah. Now all they needed to do was simply from their heart completely accept this fact that Rabbunallah. That my Rabb is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, thumma staqamu, and then immediately after they should have just had istiqamah. There's nothing else required. There's no other need. So Allah Ta'ala talks about such people. That there are people like that. That they're so firm and steadfast and they're of the Rabb relationship. Because it means something when you accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether you were born in that acceptance or you later accepted Allah Ta'ala, even if you were born in it, at some point in your life, you have to choose Allah Ta'ala for yourself. And when you choose Allah Ta'ala for yourself, that Allah Ta'ala is my Rabb, and I am His Abd. That's what it means. You always believed in La ilaha illallah, but now you make a feeling, a commitment in your heart, a pact, a pledge, that Allah Ta'ala is my Rabb, and I am His Abd. The day you come on that, then you will have istiqamah. But still, what is it that keeps us back from this? So there are few, three, four things that keep us from having istiqamah. The first thing is our nafs. 
first thing that keeps us from having istikama is our nafs. This whole separate bayan on this topic. What is the nafs? Very simply that the nafs has ishtiha. The nafs has desires. The nafs has its own will, wills and wish and whims and desires. So this is why immediately afterwards, but not immediately, but later on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these people who have istikama, they will end up in Jannah and they will have ma tashtahi. They will have whatever they want. Hmm? Why? Because they gave up their ishtihad, they gave up their desires for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world. Then Allah ta'ala will give them eternal life and akhirah. They will get anything and everything they desire. So it means it's about desires. Our worldly desires prevent us from having istikama on deen. Hmm? And these desires of the nafs, they're very stubborn. They don't give up on a person. It takes a lot of effort to stop this nafs from bringing us down. 90% of people, when they fail in istikama, it's due to their nafs. Their nafs made them betray Allah subhanahu wa Their nafs made them betray this very iman. But khair, like we mentioned to you, this is a whole separate bayan that we have given before in London. Second reason that keeps a person from istikama is shaitan. Yes, shaitan also is our enemy. Adubum mubin. His clear, open, die-hard enemy. And he doesn't want a person to have istikama. He wants to make a person divorce Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Allah ta'ala said in Quran that he wants to make husband and wife get divorced. Yes, he also trying to get abd and rub divorced. Hmm? Always his waswasa. Now, where is that? His waswasa whisper doesn't go in nafs, it goes in the person's akl. And the, he plays with the mind of a person, plays with the mind of the person. He makes a sin seem light to them, he makes the sin seem easy to them after they spend some time trying to get istikama. Almost to this point that sometimes people say that I went on Umrah and I came back. And I tried to keep up my taqwa, but it had been so many days, I just indulged. You know, like somebody who's on a diet, and they say, I stuck to my diet, and after 10, 15 days, I cheated. What do they mean? They had a chocolate, or they had ice cream. Hmm? They cheated on their diet. So what the shaitan does, is he uses his waswasa, and he makes the person think that they can cheat on their taqwa. Because why? Because they spent 10, 15, 20 days, 30, 40 days, they spent it firm on deen, they spent it firm on their salah, they spent it firm on their haya, so he starts whispering to them, it's okay now, you can indulge a little, you can relax a little, you can slack a little, so the person slips. He listens to shaitan, and he relaxes a little, so maybe he misses some amal, misses some dawah, misses some of his zikr, so that which was giving him strength, he pulled back from that source of strength, he became back to his bare bones, skeletal self, and then he falls down because he's weak again. So shaitan is second enemy. Shaitan is second enemy. And then there's a third enemy. Third reason why we don't have istikama, and that's actually called makhluk. The creation itself. There's sometimes, there are some people in our life, and due to them, we don't have istikama. But the tragedy is 
that these people in our life, they're not strangers. They're actually the people who are our close friends. Sometimes it's our very own family members, our very own parents, our very own wife, our very own husband that keeps a person from having istikamah. Allahu Akbar. Can you imagine? Let's say husband-wife, that relationship with Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا that you were supposed to be a source of sukoon for each other, actually because of that family member. They can't have istikam. Husband wants to come more on deen. The wife gets upset. Why are you always going to masjid? Why are you always for the sake of Allah SWT? Why are you sitting in bayan? So then he pulls back. When he pulls back, again he becomes weak. A wife, she wants to go on deen. She wants to wear niqab. She wants to have more haya. Husband says no. Allahu Akbar. You know how many cases I get like this? Every trip, every time. Allahu Akbar. She is your wife. She wants to hide her beauty from non-mahram men. Husband says no. Allahu Akbar. Strange. Now you know, you can imagine when a woman first decides to do niqab, she needs istikama for that. Now if she's making that decision, she is taking this leap of istikama. Who pulls her down? Her own husband. Sometimes his parents and children. Son is coming closer on deen. He's spending more time in masjid. He's learning about his deen. He wants to follow sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Who pulls him down? His own parents. And what's the matter with you? You're getting extreme. Hmm? Allah Akbar. They pull him down. They say, no, you should love dunya more. Be in dunya more. Allah Akbar. Sometimes a girl, she is trying to follow deen, she wants to wear hijab, abaya, she wants to wear niqab, she spends longer time on musalla, she spends more time with Qur'an, her parents pull her down. They say, no, you should do all these things after you get married. Allah Akbar, I don't know where this concept came from. Hmm? Who taught you this, that the girl should be religious after she gets married? Hmm? You do all this after you get married. Why? Because we don't know if somebody, they come and they see you and they may find you to be too religious. So what does it mean? Can you imagine the horror of these parents? You are actually willing to give your daughter to somebody who thinks she's too religious. You actually want to give your daughter to that man. That man, boy who comes to your house and he thinks your daughter is too religious. Are you crazy that you want to take your daughter from your own home and send him to his home? But that's what they're saying. They're saying, yes, we want to send you to a man like that. So, in order that he wants to take you home, you better stop these things that you do. <laughs> so, young woman trying to have istikama. Huh? Same young woman who her own parents, they sent her to school, and they sent her to sixth form, they sent her to university, still Allah Ta'ala saved her. And she had so much istikama, she was being firm on deen, her own parents tried to pull her back. Allah Akbar Kameera. Can you imagine the state that we've reached in? If nafs wasn't enough for us, if shaitan wasn't enough for us, there's people in makhluk who are trying to keep us from having this istikama. And then sometimes it's even worse. Another thing, that a person chooses someone in makhluk. Person themselves chooses someone. They're called ghair mahram. And then because they choose that ghair mahram, they're attracted to that ghair mahram. Even just they like talking to her or listening to her talk to them, 
the istikamat will be finished. Finished. <laughs> it doesn't take a big sin to lose this istikamat. Just you enjoying her voice talking to you. You can call her colleague, you can call her employee, you can call her customer, it doesn't make a difference. If you take lazat, talazuz, if you choose to enjoy the sweetness of that conversation, such that it gives you unlawful attraction towards her in your heart, you lose istikam. Can you imagine? Person losing their istikama with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their strong ta'aluk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just because they're enjoying a little dalliance. Hmm? You know dalliance. Huh? Willy-nilly, you say in British English. Huh? Allah akbar. Just for that reason. So sometimes it's shaitan, sometimes it's the naf, nafs, sometimes it's creation. So what does istikama mean? Istikama then means to remain firm and steadfast on the Qur'an, Sunnah and Sharia despite these obstacles, despite these hindrances because you always will have a nafs and there will always be shaitan and you must always live in the midst of society surrounded by people. There is no escape from any of these three things. You have to have istikama. This is what Allah Ta'ala wants for us to have in our deen. The istikamat means to, means to remain firm, steadfast. We say in Urdu, dat jana. Dat jana or dat sikamlina. To be firm and steadfast and strong and to use that strength and firmness to become closer to Allah SWT. For example, if somebody comes to masjid, comes to a gathering, in their heart they make tawbah and then they leave the masjid. Now the test starts. Can they remain firm on that tawbah? Can they truly leave that sin entirely? Will they really never return back to that sin? That's going to take effort. That takes himma, that takes strength, that takes stamina. That strength and stamina, that is called istikama. And it's not easy. Even if you just make this one intention that I never want to lie again. I always want to speak the truth. Even this is difficult. Believe me. (laughs) If you say, I never ever want to tell the slightest lie or exaggeration ever again in my life. Maybe within one, two, three days again you will feel feel like saying something. Feel like praising yourself maybe more than you deserve. Feel like t- saying something more than it really is. You'll be amazed. Hmm? And you'll say, what's the matter with me? Hmm? I made full niyat intention to leave it and I'm still stuck on it. Because the person doesn't have his tikama doesn't have istikama. So istikama means that no matter what situation arises, to be true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now listen, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave the same hukam of istikama to Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala said in Quran, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ That O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَاسْتَقِمْ Be steadfast. Kama umirta, exactly as you have been commanded, yani by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be steadfast. Waman taba ma'ak. And anyone who makes tawbah with you, you should tell them also that as soon as you make this tawbah, you must have istikama. So who are those people? Man taba ma'ak. So they were first generation or called Sahaba Ikram. They made tawbah directly with Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Then the next generation, they're called Tabin. They couldn't meet the Prophet ﷺ, but they made Tawbah, Shirk, Kufr, everything, when they met Sahaba Ikram, and they accepted Iman. So they made Tawbah with Sahaba, and the Sahaba made Tawbah with Nabi Ikram ﷺ. So they did Tawbah with one link between them and the Prophet ﷺ. Like we have in Hadith, Sanad, one, two, three, four narrators between a person and Nabi Kareem sallam. Just like that, there's a sanad of Tawbah. That there's one, two, three more links between a person and Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam. But after you make that Tawbah, what is Allah Ta'ala commanding? Istiqamah. Fastaqim. You must be firm and steadfast. So the best way to understand this then is from the Sahaba Ikram. They were the examples of istikama. They showed this ummah how to have istikama. And you know, we learn a lot from the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the sahaba are the living embodiment of that sunnah. The sahaba are the manifestation of that sunnah. The sahaba had so many different personalities, so many different lifestyles. They had so many different experiences face so many different circumstances. It's through the lived life of Sahaba that we can learn how the Sunnah can be brought to life in any and every single circumstance. So never be fooled by any modernist that, oh, you're facing a circumstance today that was never faced by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We don't make that claim. What we say is that there can never ever be any circumstance on earth other than either Sayyidina Rasulullah experienced it, or any one of all of the Sahaba Ikram must have gone through some similar analogous experience. That's what it means to be called Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. The Jama'ah meant Jama'atul Sahaba. Jama'atul Sahaba. They're the living testament to Sunnah. They're the historical proof of Sunnah. But the earliest mention of Sahaba is by Allah Ta'ala Himself in Quran. Allah SWT Himself in Qur'an has mentioned things about Sahaba Ikram. So now look what happened. When Sahaba Ikram were during the Battle of Badr. And during the Battle of Badr as you know, all of you know the story. Sahaba Ikram were far outnumbered in terms of number. And far outnumbered in terms of... Hmm, how would you say? In terms of weaponry, in terms of military. Hmm? Far outnumbered. Now to fight in a situation like that requires istikama. Requires a lot of istikama. Allahu hmm? Akbar. And there's so many different kinds of Badri Sahaba. It wasn't that every Badri Sahaba was extremely young, strong, powerful person. No, no. From the Badri Sahaba you have young, you have old, you have middle-aged, you have strong, you have outwardly apparently not so physically strong, you had the handful who had swords, you had a handful more who had sticks, you had the rest who had nothing, you have a whole range. Hmm? But all of them had one thing in common, that they had istikama, that they had deep istikama, deep istikama. So this was a test, this was a test that Allah SWT put on them. And they responded to that test. Me and you, no matter how difficult you may think your life is, or what difficult circumstance you are facing, none of us will ever face a test like they faced on the Battle of Badr. Never. Allah has been more kind with us. He's not taken such a severe test from us. So their being able to pass that test was to motivate us and inspire us 
to fight and survive in the minor tests that we have. Such small things. Person say, my business went down. Person says, somebody was against me. You have such minor difficulties in your life. Hmm? And Sahaba they remain firm and steadfast on deen, facing major difficulties. Mean you can't even imagine the type of difficulties they faced. So Allah SWT gave one a description of this. That what Allah SWT says, يَنْذُرُونَ وَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ That they were gazing upon this battle as if they were gazing upon being driven towards their death. That's how they, it appeared to them. That's how it looked. But they didn't turn. They didn't run away. They were so strong and steadfast. يَنْذُرُونَ وَهُمُ الْمَوْتِ إِلَوْ يُسَاقُونَ كَأَنَّمَا يُسَاقُونَ الْمَوْتِ وَهُمْ يَنْذُرُونَ That it was as if they were being dragged to their death and they were gazing upon this. And they were gazing upon this. But they didn't flinch. They didn't even so much as blink. Allahu Akbar Kameera. It's amazing. The istikamah of Sahaba Then Allah SWT mentions in Quran some ayat about the tests of previous ummas. Previous ummas. Allah Ta'ala says about them, مَسَّتُمُ الْبَسَاءُ وَالْذَرَّاءُ That Allah SWT afflicted them, tested them with poverty and hardship. وَزُلْزِلُوا That Allah Ta'ala tested them so much like a zilzila, like an earthquake. That's how much poverty, hardship they had to do. As if their whole life was tumultuous. وَزُلْزِلُوا same metaphor Allah Ta'ala uses for the Day of Judgment. Hmm? Same metaphor, Allah, same word Allah Ta'ala is using for how much He tested them. Hatta yukulu rasulu wal-ladheena amanu ma'ahu. They were so tested that such that the Nabi of the time and all of the believers who believed along with that Nabi, they started saying what? Mata Nasrullah. That when will the help of Allah SWT come? They were so desperate in such a state of utter desperation so when they turn to Allah Ta'ala like that, then Allah Ta'ala said, said Allah inna nasrullahi, that you should know indeed that the help of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala kareeb, is very near. So it means, I would just explain in Urdu, then explain in English, kabhi Allah Ta'ala insaan ko bebasi ke kefiyat mein lekan aata hai, taake wo bebas ho kar apne rab ko pukare. To us halat mein jo rab ko pukarta hai, wo pukar Allah Ta'ala ko kubool hota hai. Ye Allah Ta'ala mein bata hai. Means sometimes Allah Ta'ala puts a person in such a difficult situation that they see no way out. They see no hope. They see no, but they've tried everything. They've asked everyone for help. None. They've tried everything themselves. Still stuck. So they reach a state that they see no way out. So then in that situation, when they turn to Allah Ta'ala, viewing Allah Ta'ala as Allah's their only hope, their only hope, and they beg Allah Ta'ala to send His help, then Allah Ta'ala sends His help kareeb, very quickly. This is our situation, we are also stuck in this. We don't turn to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for help like that. We are in the same situation. I'll give you an example. So what happens? A person is not able to control his gaze. 
He's tried. He still can't control his gaze. He made Toba. He still can't control his gaze. He made Dua to Allah Ta'ala. He still can't control his gaze. He went to Shaykh. Shaykh taught him Zikr. He tried that Zikr. He still can't control his gaze. Allahu Akbar. So what's happening? Allah Ta'ala is testing him in this type of test. So here the istiqamah is not on your taqwa. Istiqamah was on this. What? Qalu Allah. This is all you have to have istiqamah on. It didn't mean people, they think that istiqamah means I must be super muttaqi. We mean you can't be super muttaqi. Yes, you can have super iman in Allah Ta'ala. Super tawakkal in Allah Ta'ala. Turn to Allah Ta'ala with super longing and yearning. That my Rabb is Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when a person turns to Allah Ta'ala in dua like that, then Allah Ta'ala said, Allah inna nasrallahi kareeb. That indeed the help of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is imminently near. So that means istikama is in reach. It just means you must be steadfast in turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Steadfast in remembering Allah ta'ala. Steadfast in begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that's not difficult. <laughs> the most easiest being to turn to is Allah ta'ala. The most easiest direction for us to turn to is Allah ta'ala. Because we're believers. <laughs> We are the also ones who say, Rabbunallah. We also have the first words of that ayah. Kaulu Rabbunallah. We all say that. Summastakamu. Hmm? Then they have istikama. They become firm and steadfast. So this was the test mentioned in Quran about earlier ummas. Then Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Quran the test that He put on Sahaba. So for earlier ummas, what did Allah Ta'ala say? Wazulzulu. Hmm? Allah Ta'ala tested them so much, earthquake level. For Sahaba Ikram, what did Allah Ta'ala say? Zulzulu zilzalan shadida. That I put them in such a difficult situation as it was like an earthquake, heavy earthquake. Zulzulu zilzalan shadida. When a being like Allah Ta'ala, Allahul Azim, says in his Quran al Kareem, shadida, Allah Akbar. Hum art tasawur mein aa sakta. کہ کتنی سخت مشکل اللہ تعالیٰ نے صحابہ اکرام پر ڈالا وَزُلْزُلُوا زِلْزَالًا شَدِيدًا But they were so firm, so steadfast. Nothing could stop صحابہ اکرام. So this is our connection with Allah سبحانتا. Who does it mean? Rabb. Allah Ta'ala is that being who will pick us up when we fall. Allah Ta'ala is that being who will guide us when we go astray. Allah Ta'ala is that being who will forgive us when we sin. Allah Ta'ala is that being who will give us knowledge when we are ignorant. This is Rabb. He's taking care, caretaker. He's taking care of us when we can't take care of ourselves. His maghfirah comes on us when our taqwa failed. His rahmah comes on us when our haya failed. His hidayah comes on us when our amul failed. He is our Rabb. He is our Rabb. So this should make you happy. <laughs> this is make you happy. That's what Allah Ta'ala says in Sajda. You should say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Ala. Rabbi. Allah Ta'ala is my Rabb. You're so happy in Sajda. Sajda gives you Qurb. This verse of Quran, but I'll tell you in English that you make Sajda, then you get Qurb. You get Qurb. Why? Because when you're in Sajda, you are feeling that Allah is mine. Rabbi. <laughs> When you began Salah, what were you saying? Rabbul Alameen. Allah is Rabb of Alameen. 
And by the time you hit Sarda, what happened? Rabbi, oh he's my dog. Allah Akbar. Within one raka. And of course Allah Ta'ala is everything. He's Rabb of everything. But you have to feel it personally. You have to feel it personally in your life. Everything that happens to you, my Rabb is giving it to me. My Rabb took care of me today, he woke me up. My Rabb took care of me today, he gave me breakfast. My Rabb took care of me. Yes, fine, outwardly it might be friend, parent, spouse. You have to feel like this. This is how your heart should feel. My Rabb woke me up. My Rabb gave me breakfast. My Rabb got me worked safely. My Rabb made everything fine at work. My Rabb gave me lunch. My Rabb got me home. Because Allah is constantly doing everything for us. Then you will start feeling feelings for Allah Ta'ala. Then you will want to go pray. By the time that day goes by so problem free, you will love to pray Asr. You will be so already in love, you will fall in love with Allah Ta'ala every day. <laughs> because Allah Ta'ala is doing your rububiyah, He is your Rabb every day. He is providing for us every single second, every single moment, we have to start feeling it. We have to start feeling it. So this is what it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our Rabb. Let me mention to you, Battle of Badr. So then later on, there was another Ghazwa. It's called Ghazwa of Ahzab. Ahzab is called Hizb. It means this was this battle where a large number, gathering of different hostile forces came against Sahaba Ikram. Not just the Mushrikeen of Makkah Makarama. Many different, wide array of people. All gathering together with one intention, hatred for the believers, hatred for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar. So then the Jews of Medina Manawra, when they saw this, so they went to the believers in Medina Manawra, this is Madani time, so they went to Sahaba Akram, and they told them, and Allah Ta'ala mentions their words in Quran, إِنَّ نَاسَ جَمَعُوا لَكُمْ فَخْشَوْهُمْ that look, all the people are gathering against you, Sahaba, so you should become scared of them. You should become scared of them. Alright. So then what happened to Sahaba when they said this? Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَمَا زَادُهُمْ إِلَّا إِيمَانًا وَتَسْلِيمًا All of their taunts had no effect, except it just made the Sahaba increase in their iman, وَتَسْلِيمًا and increase in their submission and trust and reliance on Allah Ta'ala. Why? Because they were those people. قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ They knew Allah is our Rabb, that's it. Whatever, you can bring all of them. No problem. They believe Allah is our Rabb. Summastakamu. Then they had istikama. These were amazing people, Sahaba Ikram, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. So much more even Allah Ta'ala said about them in Quran. This is why ulama of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah are very firm on this matter. You can't even say one thing about one Sahaba negatively. How could you say that? When Allah Ta'ala has loved all of them entirely in His eternal Qur'an. Allahu Akbar Kamira. Ajeeb, look, mean you aren't like this. Can mean you say, even a small test comes to you. Can you say this? وَمَا زَادُهُمْ إِلَّا إِمَانًا وَتَسْلِيمًا That this difficulty had no effect on me, except but to increase me in my iman, and increase me in my trust in Allah Ta'ala. Increase me in my submission to Allah Ta'ala. Can you say that? For even a small thing. They were saying this for a huge, huge opposition. Hmm? So this is the response. 
And whatever is happening, it just makes me stronger. These are like superheroes. They're super beings, these Sahabekram. Hmm? Anything happens is just making them stronger. That's called istikama. This is the power of Quran. This is the power of Deen. Deen came to make a human like this. Deen came to create a human being like this, that their relationship with Allah Ta'ala is so strong that nothing can make them flinch, nothing can make them fade, nothing can make them weak. In fact, anything and everything that happens in their life, مَا زَادُهُمْ إِلَّا إِمَانُهُمْ وَتَسْلِيمًا It doesn't do anything except increase them in their iman and their submission and trust and reliance in Allah SWT. Hmm? In our condition, we say, oh, I don't know, Allah is angry with me, I'm having probably in business, maybe Allah is not listening to me, or we weak, we get slack, we become distant from Allah Ta'ala, I don't feel like praying anymore, Allah didn't answer my dua I made. Allah Akbar. Hmm? So disloyal to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, that we betray Allah Ta'ala, we betray Allah Ta'ala by sinning against Him, and then yes, when he takes some of his blessings back from us, then we become disloyal and complain about him. Allah Akbar. It's not the way. It's not the way Allah is teaching us in Quran. Not the way Sahabah Ikram left this legacy. Then sometimes a person says, you know, I'm facing another difficulty. What is that? That there's somebody against me and I don't know who they are. I have hidden enemies. I have secret enemies. And then this line of thinking makes some people end up in the incorrect, incorrect, Islamically incorrect belief that so-and-so has done magic on me. There's a jinn inside me. Allah Akbar. There's a jinn inside you. There's iman inside you. What's the matter with you? When you look inside, this is what you see? When you look inside, you see a jinn. Hmm? And may Allah Ta'ala give hidayah to all of those who misguide people into thinking like this. No matter even what title they may have, no matter where they graduated, no matter who says they have authority, this is an incorrect understanding in thing. But a person keeps thinking like this. Why? Only because there was some problem in their life that their naqis akal, their small mind could not understand why that problem is occurring. They could, that's always going to happen to you. <laughs> For example, so somebody has, and may Allah Ta'ala bless all of those who have unmarried daughters with pious, pious spouses who come to ask for their hand. But let's say somebody is a father and six months, it just takes a few months, Six months passed and their daughter did not get a proposal that worked out. Maybe two, three came and it didn't work out. Now what happens? His mind cannot understand why this is happening. Yes, because this is called the taqdeer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can your mind understand the taqdeer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? But because he can't understand the taqdeer of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so guess what he thinks? Hmm? Rather than thinking this is min janabillah, he will think somebody has done some magic on me, my daughter, and my family. And I don't know who. Alright. So first mistake, I have yakin on this magic. Second mistake, because I don't know who, therefore I will have doubts and suspicions about everybody. Yes? So then he's against his brother, thinking maybe, yes, they even think this. 
They think even their brother did it. They think their sister did this. They think my brother's wife, maybe she's jealous she did this. Now they look at everybody with suspicion. Hmm? And this shak is haram indeed. This is called su'idhan, badgumani, to have negative opinions of people without any basis whatsoever. And I've seen people, once they get stuck on this line of thinking, I can't get them unstuck. They're so insistent. They defend their own line of thinking more than they defend deen. They have so much yaqeen in this line of thinking. So listen now, what did Allah SWT say in Quran? Allah Ta'ala said very clearly to reassure us on this also, that you just have istiqamah. You just say, Rabbunullah. Okay, you're saying you don't know what's happening with you. You don't say why it's happening. You don't know who's doing it. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Wallahu a'lamu bi'a'da'ikum. And Allah Ta'ala knows best who are those who are in opposition to you. You don't have to worry. <laughs> you don't have to figure it out. You don't need to understand. You need to turn to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will figure everything out. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala knows who A'lam. He is A'lam. Wallahu A'lamu bi'a'da'ikum. Allah Ta'ala knows better than you <laughs> who is against you. So now you decide. If Allah Ta'ala knows better than you, who's against you? You want to try to take on anybody who may be, and sometimes yes, there are people like that. You want to take on somebody who's against you, or would you rather get Allah Ta'ala to take them on? Hmm? How are you going to get Allah Ta'ala to take them on? By going to somebody who does magic? <laughs> going to some insan who does or removes magic? La hawla wa la billah. You're going to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're going to turn to Allah. Hmm? You can just recite this verse in your dua. You can talk to Allah ta'ala. You can say, Ya Allah, you told me in Quran, Wallahu a'lamu bi'a'da'ikum. To Allah ta'ala, you know best. I'm trusting in you, and you will protect me. That's it. That's all the amal you need. It's so simple. Hmm? So this is the time to inspect and assess our iman hmm? and become firm and steadfast. So when Allah SWT is giving us such comfort, when Allah SWT is giving us such strong reassurances in Qur'an, then why is it that we need to worry? You see, the problems will always keep coming. That's the nature of life. Allah Ta'ala said that in Quran, لِنَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ amala. Allah Ta'ala is going to test us with problems and difficulties to check which one of us is going to be ahsan, is going to respond in the most virtuous way. The most virtuous way to respond is to turn to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. That's the test. <laughs> is that simple? That's the test. Is Do you turn to Allah Ta'ala? And second, do you let yourself get worried? So no, we don't get worried. We turn to Allah Ta'ala and the act of turning to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala removes all of our worries. Removes all of our worries. So then what happens when a person does that, when they turn to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala, so then Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, فَأَتَاهُمُ اللَّهُ ثَوَابَ الدُّنْيَا Allah Ta'ala will give them all of the rewards of this life وَحُسْنَ ثَوَابِ الْآخِرَةِ And Allah Ta'ala will give them the more wonderful, beautiful rewards of Akhirah. وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And Allah Ta'ala loves these people who turn to Him excellently, beautifully. So even that Allah Ta'ala is telling us, in this life He will give us. Not just Akhirah, even in dunya Allah Ta'ala will give us. 
the rewards in this world. So it means that we must turn in this istiqamah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah ta'ala gave us another way in Quran. Sometimes it happens that a person says that I can't help myself. Sometimes they come and they say that I can't help myself. What does it mean? That I've tried. I want to help myself. It means I want to fix myself. I want tazkiyah. I want islah. I want to become better. I want to improve. I know I should. I believe I should. I just can't do it. I can't fix myself. Hmm? I can't help myself. Okay? Allah Ta'ala gave another option in Quran. Allah Ta'ala gave another option in Quran. What is that? Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, In tansurullah yansurkun. If you, now literally it means if you help Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you. What does it mean? How can I help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It means if you help others, Allah ta'ala will help you. Yes? If you help others, Allah ta'ala will help you. If you help others in ways that you can, Allah ta'ala will help you in ways that you can't and only He can. If you help someone in some basic worldly thing, Allah Ta'ala will help you by putting haya and taqwa in your heart. Yes? That taqwa you said, I couldn't do it myself. Okay, go do khidmah. This is called the path of khidmah. It's another way to get istiqamah. Hmm? That's why it's on hadith, but our elders in Urdu, they used to say, hmm, that ibadat se, jannat milta or khidmat se, rab milta. It means in English that when you worship, you can get jannah. And when you do khidmah, you get rub Because it's based on this verse of Quran. That when you do khidmah, service, you help others, Allah will help you. You will get Allah Ta'ala's help. Hmm? So that's another way. Hmm? But this is another problem of us. We're not people of khidmah. We've also lost this great tradition of our ummah. Which the sahabi kram loved khidmah. All the time they had perfect istikama and they also had perfect khidmah. They loved to do khidmah, whether it was poor, widow, orphan, needy, traveler, they loved khidmah. They were seeking out khidmah. They were searching for khidmah. They would do khidmah of absolute strangers. And me and you, we don't even do khidmah of our own parents. We don't do khidmah of our own spouse. Yes, this is a myth that only wife does khidmah of husband. Husband also does khidmah of wife. (laughs) What made you think that? That only wife does khidmah of husband. And difficult for me to say, Huh? It's difficult for the Indian community to accept this phenomenon. Husband also does khidmah of wife. That's why you find in hadith that Sayyidina Rasulullah used to do housework. Why? Why was he doing housework? <laughs> Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he was doing housework as a khidmah to his wife. <laughs> That's why. Otherwise, mashallah. <laughs> Dawa, so many things. Hmm? No? Khidma. Sayyidina Rasulullah is showing that pure sunnah. Hmm? So we have to do more khidma. This is another thing we've lost. A lot of times, this is the reason you think that, oh, I can't leave that sin because I don't have enough taqwa. No, you don't have the ability to get that taqwa the way you are. The reason you're not leaving the sin is because you didn't do the khidmah that Allah Ta'ala put in your reach. Allah Ta'ala has put for everyone a makhraj, an exit for that sin. 
Don't be so arrogant and think your exit was your taqwa and you're just too lazy to get taqwa. People think like that. They think, bas mikkarne ki That if only I just make effort, I can leave it. It's up to me. Sometimes they even say that to me. They say, oh, I can leave it any time. They say, don't get me wrong, I could leave it if I want to. <laughs> huh? They say that. They first they confess their sin, and the next they say, but don't get me wrong, I could leave it if I want to. Allah Akbar. <laughs> you know, you just dug yourself deeper in a hole when you say that to me. If that's true, you know how horrific that is? That you can leave it if you want to. So what are you telling me? You're telling me you don't want to. Uh, what can I do for you then? Huh? What can I do for you? If your own words are saying you don't want to leave it. Hmm? It's foolish. No, you can't. <laughs> don't think I'm koi khilari nahi You can't leave it even if you want to. In fact, this is what you should say. That I really want to leave it and I can't. <laughs> yes, that's your situation. You want to leave it and you can't. But you don't understand. Sometimes it's this that you want to leave it but you can't because your current level of taqwa isn't enough to leave it. But Allah Ta'ala had made an exit for you and it was called this, in tansurullah yansurkum. If you had helped the deen, Allah would have taken you out. Allah Ta'ala had put a khidmah in your range. But you're too lazy to do khidmah. Too lazy to do khidmah. This is another big problem. This is something that keeps us from having istiqamah. So we have to become the, because Allah Ta'ala phrased it this way, we have to become the helpers of deen. Helpers of deen. Now look what another place Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran. إِنَّا لَنَنْصُرُ رُسُولَنَا وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا That indeed we, we Allah, Allah Ta'ala saying in the Quran, that we Allah SWT, Allah Ta'ala saying in the Quran, that we indeed, surely we help all of our prophets and messengers وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And all الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا All believers فِي الْحَيَاةِ dunya In their life in this world. We help them in their worldly matters. Allahu Akbar. Hmm? All of us are in الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا There was no condition here that you have to be muttaqeen, siddiqeen, sadiqeen. No. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah Ta'ala has promised His help to the believers in this worldly life. In the life of this world. وَمَنْ أَسْلُكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ كِيلَا That there is no one, no being who can ever have as much truth as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can understand istikama simply this way. That when you look at a river, there are two types of things in that river. One is that branch that is on top of the river. Because that branch is loose, whichever way the water flows, the branch will flow like that. And a lot of me and you, we've become like that branches. So what happens when we're in the masjid, when we're in good company, when the water is flowing towards Allah Ta'ala, we also become good, we also become pious, we also remember Allah Ta'ala, we also love Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And then when we go back out there, and if we end up in any gathering, any environment, even if somebody talks about something, fudul, ghafla, our branch moves in that direction. We also start talking about that. We also start thinking about that. And then if we find ourselves in an environment of sin, then we're just a branch. So whichever way. So this is what they say in English, go with the flow. So this is not istikama. And the reality is the flow is not towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
media, culture, fashion, society is all flowing in an opposite direction to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is all dragging, leading, pushing a person away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you're like the branch, you won't succeed. But then you will see in the river, sometimes there's another thing. Sometimes even there's a whole tree in the middle of the river. Why? Because that's not a branch. That's firm. It has roots. The river flows. It has no effect on the tree. It cannot move the tree in any direction or the other. Or you may see there's like a rock, like a boulder. And that boulder is strong, it doesn't flow. So the believers are supposed to be like that. Believers are supposed to be like that boulder. They were supposed to be so firm, firmly and steadfast, established on their iman. So now let's look at the rest of this ayah. And then you will see a beautiful promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives. So we just have to finish this passage with you. So what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in Quran? That those who used to say our Rabb is Allah, then they had istikama. So what happens? Instantly. Allah Ta'ala sends down, literally, literally, Allah Ta'ala sends down all of the angels, every single one to them. Every single angel, including Jibreel alayhi salam. Every angel comes down to this Alladina Amanu who said, Rabbunullah thummustakamu. Hmm? And what do all of those angels say? Allah takhafu wa la tahzunu. That you will have no khawf, no fear. You will have no sorrow. So the ulama of tafsir, they explain this in a few ways. Number one, his khawf, his fear is what's going to happen in the future. So they said, no, now that you have istikama, you never have to fear anything that will happen in the future. And huzan is a sorrow and regret over what you did in the past. All that time you wasted, all those sins that we did. So Allah saying, no, if you have istikama, all angels will come down and they will tell this to you. La tukhafu wa la tahzanu. And these ears won't be able to perceive it. But your heart will get that reassurance. How many angels are there? Allah Ta'ala knows best. But it's something like millions. It could even be billions and trillions. Allah Ta'ala knows best. That number of creation will come down. Allahu Akbar. But Ta'ala is not done. And all of them will give you one Alladina Amanu who said Rabbunullah Thummastakamu. They will give you the glad tidings of that Jannah for which you were promised. Which was promised to you and you were promised to it. Allah, again, this won't be able to hear that. This Basharat, this glad tidings, your heart will hear it. Can you imagine? Look, if I told you one angel comes to you and tell you Jannat is yours, you would say, that's amazing. One angel, one. One angel is going to come to tell me Jannat is mine. Allah Ta'ala is saying you have istikama. All the angels will come to tell you Jannat is yours. Allah Akbar. But Allah Ta'ala is not done. Then what else will the angels say? Then they will say, Nahnu awliya'akum. Angels, the angels were up on the arsh and doing tawaf around the arsh and they were the creation close to Allah Ta'ala. 
they came down and they say, Nahnu awliya'akum. We are your friends. <laughs> we are your lovers. We are your companions. The person says, okay, maybe they're talking about Jannah. No. Nahnu awliya'akum fil hayatid dunya. For the rest of your life on earth, hayatid dunya. For the rest of your life on earth, you alladhina amanu who have istikama, all angels are saying, we are all going to be your awliya for the rest of your life. <laughs> Can you imagine a life like that? <laughs> if I told you one angel is going to be your friend for the rest of your life, you'd say, Allah Akbar, angel is going to be my friend? <laughs> Allah Ta'ala is saying, all angels will be your friend for the rest of your life, fil hayat in dunya, wa fil akhirah. And we're going to be your friends forever. And we're going to be your friends forever. And over there, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي Remember, you have to give up desires. So what the angels will say, and for you, you will have مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ But you will have pure nafs over there. So you will have pure desires over there. So you will have whatever desires your now pure nafs could ever want forever. And we'll be your awliya the whole time. We'll be your awliya the whole time. وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا And you will have whatever you request. So the ulama here, they mention that the ishtiha means what your heart wants. You don't even have to express it. Whatever your heart wants, you will have it. And sometimes the person, they like to express it. That's another pleasure. That I express it and I get what my tongue says. It says, you have that also. And the angels will come down and they say that to the person who does istikama. So what does it mean that this person gets Jannah? This person gets Jannah. Why? Because they erase that nafs. They erase those desires. They erase the unlawful desires of their nafs. Hmm? So then Allah said, Oh my slave, you stop fulfilling your unlawful impure desires in this world... I will give this nafs back to you in Jannah, but now this nafs will have pure desires, but you won't fulfill those pure desires. I, Allah, will fulfill your pure desires. Allahu Akbar. Big difference. <laughs> Two differences. Once the desires were impure, there they're pure. But the bigger difference was here, we wanted to fulfill it. <laughs> and there, Allah Ta'ala will fulfill it. Ya Allah, you fulfill our desires? <laughs> Allah says, yes, I'm your Rabb. <laughs> because you said, no, Rabbunallah. You're the one who said, Rabbunallah. Yes, Allah Ta'ala. And after you accepted me as Rabb, you had istikama, thumma istikamu. Yes, Allah Ta'ala. Bas. I'll fulfill all your desires. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Hmm? This is what we give up. <laughs> so don't take it lightly when you say, oh, I don't have istikama. You should be crying if you say that sentence. You should be sobbing at that sentence. Because you're missing out on this. They were light of the angels in this world. We light of angels in Akhirah. Pure desires, fulfillment by Allah SWT. That's what we lose. It's a big thing to lose when you lose istikama. It's a big thing to lose. Allah hmm? Akbar. Once our shaykh, he explained it using a scientific example. He says that when you break the atom, this is like the nuclear physics concept, that when you break the atom and the subatomic particle, energy is released. That's how that's huge, that's why they call it the atom bomb. Right? Because it gets ruptured at the atomic level. So when you rupture it at that level, massive amounts of energy are released. So then Sheikh said that when you break your nafs, 
then massive amounts of spiritual energy gets released. Hmm? That's what happens. <laughs> massive spiritual energy, all angels. Hmm? Why? Because the person made decision. I break all the unlawful desires of my nafs. Hmm? So where does Allah Ta'ala then reward this person? It doesn't mean they still have problems in the world. They won't be worried by them. They won't be saddened by them. But they may still have difficulties. But in Akhirah, forever and ever and ever, Allah SWT will reward that person. So the last thing I'm going to do for you tonight, we're going to take you on a small tour of Akhirah. Rather small tour of Jannah. Short. Short tour of Jannah. Because otherwise that's a whole separate bayan. But just two, three key things. So you realize what is this Jannah? that Allah Ta'ala is sending these angels to give us the glad tidings of this Jannah. And then you can decide in your life then, will you really want to give up this path of istikamah for the sake of some weak desires? So another place Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَفِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِلْ أَنفُسُ There's another extra wording here, that they will have whatever their nafs wants, and they will have the delight of their eyes. What does it mean? You chose not to gaze in this world, Allah Ta'ala will let you stare in Akhirah. You chose not to gaze in this world, Allah Ta'ala will let you stare and stare and stare in Akhirah. And if you choose to stare in this world, then maybe Allah Ta'ala won't even let you gaze in the Akhirah. Mm. If you choose to keep on staring and keep on staring in this world, Maybe Allah Ta'ala won't even let you catch a glimpse in the Akhirah. But you were like that. You didn't even take a glimpse in this world. Huh? That Allah Ta'ala will let you stare and stare. All of you understand what I'm referring to in both cases. Hmm? The sheer delight of the eyes. That's what Allah Ta'ala will give a person. You have to give up. It's also a sign, ishara to us. What we have to give up in this world. So we weren't created. For the visual delights of this world, we have been created for the visual delights of Akhirah. <laughs> we have been created for the visual delights of Jannah. What are the visual delights of Jannah? The visual delight of Jannah is you get to see the Sahaba. You will get to see Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq You will get to see Sayyidina Umar You will get to see Sayyidina Uthman You will get to see Sayyidina Ali you will get to see Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an. So many sahaba. Hmm? You will get to see them, be with them, spend time with them, listen to them, recite Quran. Allah hmm? Akbar. Hmm? Then you will get to see Anbiya. You will get to see Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam, Jaddi Amjad. Hmm? You will get to see Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam at all his husan. Or you will get delight, delight of the eyes. You will get to see Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Talazuz, talazuz al-a'yun. The sheer, utter delight of the eyes. Hmm? This is called visual delight. Hmm? This is called visual delight. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions in Quran, the special treatment of the people of Jannah. Special treatment of the people of Jannah. It starts right there on the day of judgment, even before. Means as soon as there, Resurrected from their grave, even before they enter into Jannah. So when they are resurrected from their graves, what will happen? So Allah Ta'ala immediately says to them, it's in Quran, Ya ibadi, 
Ya ibadi la khawfun alaykum al-yawma wala untum tahzanun. That all my beloved slaves, because instantly when they get resurrected, so the other verses in Quran tell us that day of judgment is a scary, terrifying, momentous event. Hmm? The event, the calamity, so many ways Allah Ta'ala describes it. But for these people, the second they are resurrected, Allah Ta'ala instantly tells them, Ya ibadi, O my beloved servants and slaves, La khawfun alaykum al-yawma. That don't know, there's no fear going to be. What is al-yawma? This day of judgment. There's no fear on you at all on this day of judgment. Wala untum tahzunun. And there will be nothing about your past that you will regret on this day. Ya Allah, wala antum tahzanun. You're giving them the certificate that there is no single thing about their past that they will regret on this day. Allah Akbar. That's how they're woken up by Allah Ta'ala. Hmm? Yes, <laughs> this is how Allah Ta'ala will lovingly wake up and resurrect these people. If you want to be like that, or you want to fall on that other category of people, that's so much there in Quran and Hadith. Hmm? That they're standing on Day of Judgment, hmm? that they're sweating, and after they sweat their perspiration, then they start sweating their blood. Hmm? That's how terrified they are on that day. That that day feels so weighty on them, it feels as if 50,000 years have passed. Then it comes in one hadith that they will be so, so much half at waiting. Even though they think that their hisab will be such that they go to Jahannam, they can't wait anymore. They will actually beg Allah Ta'ala, just start our hisab. We can't take the weight. We can't take the heat. We can't take the awe of your majesty. We can't take this fear in our heart. Just begin it and get it over with. Even though they know that that means get it over with, means send it to Jahannam. Oh, what come on? So we want to be like that or we want to be like this? Hmm? It's our choice. You want to do thumma staqamu or you don't. It's your choice. Hmm? All of us, we did the first step. Rabbunullah. Thumma staqamu. That's what's missing and that's it. Allah Ta'ala put nothing else in that verse. Instantly the rest I already showed you was all about Allah Ta'ala's reward, angels, jannah. So then when they get woken up by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're woken up in this day. Okay. Then, who are these people? They died in a state that they were pure. Allah ta'ala mentions in Quran, تَتَوَفَّهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ تَيِّبِينَ That the angels took their souls, their ruh, you can say the angels took their ruhs, in such a state that they were tayyibin, tayyib. They were pure when they died. Means they had at least made true tawbah. They purified themselves from everything. So then, what are they told by the angels? Yakuluna salamun alaykum udkhulul jannah. That salam be upon you and you enter jannah. That's it. That's how they will be told. Then when they are standing on that day, salamun kawlam min rabbir raheem. That they will get salam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their all merciful Rabb. Udkhuluhas bi salamin aminin. That you should enter Jannah with salam aminin. You're safe and protected from ever, ever, ever having to go to Jahannam. Hmm? You're in aman. You're finally safe, secure at last. Hmm? Then these angels who say salam, 
to them. It's going to be one angel, it's going to be one angel greeting them from the front. No, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ So when the Alif Lam comes here, it means, and all the angels, يَذْخُلُونَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ بَابٍ All of the angels will swarm towards them from every single gate of Jannah to tell them salam and enter in this gate in salam and amini. Millions of angels coming to greet that one fakir. That one abd of Allah SWT. Millions, billions, trillions, Allahu Alam. From every bath. Just imagine. Even you just think in your, in, in our own feeble mind, imagine one person and there's a house and has three doors. And from those three doors, a thousand people come out and greet that person. You would say, I can't even imagine a scene like that. How welcome that person would feel. How happy that person would feel. This is seven abwab, massive gates of Jannah. And all angels flooding out to tell that person this salam and to enter that person into Jannah. Why? Because they already told him in this world that we are your awliya in this world and we are all your awliya in that world. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. Strange process. Hmm? So then, how will this person respond? How will this person respond? Da'wahum fiha subhanakallahumma. That their call on that day, their cry on that moment, on that day when they get the salam and they're entered into the gates of Jannah, Subhanak. Subhanakallahumma. Subhan. In the all praise, pure, glorious, great, perfect, amazing, wonderful, beautiful as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they will say Subhanaka. They will talk to Allah ta'ala. All angels are saying salam to them, but they, Rabbunallah, no, I came from my Rabb. <laughs> yes, you are all my awliya. Yes, you all came to take me, greet me, bring me into Jannah. But me, subhanak. Hmm? It means, it means you. It means they're addressing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhan are you, Allahumma o our Allah. Hmm? Allah Akbar means this person has one thing imprinted on his heart. Rabbunullah means now singular Rabbiullah. Hmm? This is his whole life was lived this way. So when he gets woken up, its state is Rabbiullah. He's not looking at angels. He's not looking at the gardens of Jannah. He's not interested in gold, diamond, rubies. He's looking, hmm? staring, gazing at that Allah Ta'ala who is his Rabb. That feeling he lived his whole life with Rabbiullah. He's going to bring that feeling on the Day of Judgment. And then still they will greet him, so that the ayat continues, with tahiyyatuhum fiha salam, and the greeting in there, therein for them will be salam. Allahu Akbar kabira. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned. Yes, two, just two, three more verses. Then what happens when they enter Jannah? So there's so much, so much I'm skipping for you. Hmm? But when they enter Jannah, there are two interesting things that happen. So one of those things is that they will be given to drink. So Allah Ta'ala explains this in Quran, يُسْقَوْنَ مِنْ رَحِيقٍ مَخْتُومٍ That they will be given to drink, be given by who? The wildan. This is another word in Quran, by the mm, butlers. Hmm? The butlers of Jannah. So they will be given to drink. What? رَحِيقٍ مَخْتُومٍ Which is, Pure sealed nectar. Pure sealed nectar. Khitamuhu misk. 
And its ultimate flavor of that nectar, the final flavor of that is misk. Any mushk what we call, right? وَفِي ذَلِكَ فَلْيَتَنَافَسِ الْمُتَنَافِسُونَ Now what is Allah saying here? It means in order to get this, all of us should be striving in this world. So we don't compete. Some people mistranslate this. A lot of people translate this in English. As for, for the sake of this, let the competitors compete with each other. Allah Ta'ala is not teaching us competitive deen, that we try to compete and undermine and undercut each other. The English word competitive is incorrect. Because today people, when they think compete, it means undercut, undermine, you want to be one and you want them to be two. This tanafus doesn't mean that. Tanafus means that all of you should mutually, not exclusively, that you should mutually strive to excel and attain this bounty. This is what you should be doing. Your joint efforts should be for this. Your joint striving should be for this. So if you wish to strive, excel, attain, attain, achieve, accomplishment, this is the attainment and accomplishment that you want, that you want to get this gift of salam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you want to enter into Jannah. But sometimes you will see, like in this world, that if somebody comes to your home, maybe your son will give them water, or some friend will give them water, but sometimes when you love that person too much, you want to give them the water yourself. Hmm? You want to give them the water yourself. So same thing Allah Ta'ala loves these people so much that after the wildan give them, that Allah Ta'ala said, it's a different verse in a different place in the Quran, that their own Rabb, their own Rabb, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, is going to give them sharaban tuhura, the ultimately, perfectly pure elixir, drink. Allah Ta'ala is going to give that Himself. I mean, in other words, Allah Ta'ala unko pilayenge. Yala, aap hume pilayenge. Alka ki, ham mei to aapko khilata pilata ra, dunya mein, mei arrazaab tha. Ab mujhe khushi ki mei khud bahe raas aapko pilayen. Allah Akbar. How can I explain that to them in English in a way that... Hmm? means that actually Allah Ta'ala gives us all the food and drink that we eat and drink in this world already because He's Al-Razaq. But what Allah Ta'ala wants in that Day of Judgment is okay, that was behind the scenes. Right? Outwardly somebody else was giving you water. Right? Allah Ta'ala says now Allah Ta'ala wants to personally, directly, individually give a person to drink. Allahu Akbar. So look, this journey began with what? That they got Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make them drink at Hawza Kothar. And then they enter into Jannah and then Allah Ta'ala makes them drink Sharab and Tuhura Himself. Hmm? Means Allah Ta'ala Himself presents it. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. Ya Allah. And this not once. <laughs> These things keep going on forever. <laughs> they go on for eternity. Hmm? And every time new pleasure, every time new joy, every time new happiness, every time new taste, every time new feeling of being beloved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know like when somebody gives you, we say it in English, we call it the warm fuzzies. Which does mean that sometimes when somebody is really nice to you, and really takes care of you, sometimes you get a little tingling on the back of your neck. You feel that they were being so nice to me. 
So what happens is that in Jannah, Allah Ta'ala will eternally give the believers these warm fuzzies. Every time. Every time they will feel special. They will not get tired, oh, you know, Allah Ta'ala has given me to drink a thousand times already. No, no, not like that. Huh? Like maybe in this world you might get that with somebody. That okay, yes, you know, they've given me drink already 10, 20 times in their life. Hmm? No. Person will enjoy and feel it every single time. So this was the first set. And then the last set which I told you, which is another special thing, which all of you would have imagined would be coming, is what? That Allah Ta'ala will let that person, what I told you before, stare and stare and stare. Hmm? And gaze and gaze and gaze. Because they didn't stare and they didn't gaze in the impure way in this world. So Allah Ta'ala will let them stare and let them gaze in the pure way. So even more than looking at Sayyidina Yusuf Alayhi even more than looking and gazing upon Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala will ultimately then let them stare and gaze at His own beautiful self. Allahu Akbar. وَجُوهِنْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ نَاظِرًا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرًا Their faces will be radiant and shining as they are gazing upon their Rabb. Their gazing on their Rabb will make their own face that is doing the looking will make their face full of noor. And this also will keep going on and repeated and repeated and repeated for all of forever. And the ultimate benefit of Jannah, then Allah Ta'ala will send His happiness on them. What does it mean? Allah Ta'ala will put this feeling in the hearts of Ahl Jannah that you are my beloveds and I will always love you and always be pleased with you forever. You have my Ridwan. Hmm? And that feeling, it's not just this announcement, but then the Ahli Jannah will feel this feeling forever. And that's why Allah Ta'ala made Jannah eternally. And we explained to you last time also when we came to London, the different masjid, the reason Jannah is eternal is because you have to eternally fall in love with Allah Ta'ala. So what happens in Jannah, a person keeps loving Allah Ta'ala more, keeps loving Allah more, keeps loving Allah Ta'ala more, and it just keeps becoming more and more forever. He keeps increasing in his love for Allah Ta'ala, keeps increasing for all eternity. And this final thing, what is min Allahi Akbar? That Allah Ta'ala will love that person in Jannah. And then He will keep loving them more. And He will keep loving them more. And He will keep loving Him more and more and more for all of forever. So the mahabba and mahbubiyyah that Allah Ta'ala has for these believers who just say just Rabbun Allah and then they're true to that. That love and belovedness is infinite. And the only thing that can contain something that's infinite is that time which is eternal. So that's why Allah Ta'ala makes Jannah forever. Can you imagine? Hmm? That Allah Ta'ala created me and you for that world. <laughs> for that hal, for that existence, for that state of being. Hmm? So if you know this now, 
that I've been created for that world. Then something small happens to you in this world. What difference does it make? <laughs> what difference does it make to you? Hmm? You have to have this istikama. You have to get this istikama. This is what we've seen in our experience. That this istikama is gotten from the people of istikama. These are called awliya and mashayikh. When Allah Ta'ala uses this word in Quran, awliyaullah, same words, Allah inna awliyaullahi, la khawfun alayhim wa la hum yahzunun. So they have that istikama. Wakanu yattakun. They have this istikama. Hmm? They're called the people of istikama. So when we get connected to them, when we sit with them, when we're guided by them, when we learn from them, then we get this connection, this rabd, ta'luk, nisbat of istikama. Like Allah Ta'ala told, فَاسْتَكِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكْ مَعَكْ With. This is the connection. So we must make this niyyah on this night that we also want to have this istikama. We want to make tawbah to Allah Ta'ala. We want to do our tazkiyah. means we want to purify ourselves from anything and everything that is keeping us from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We want to be those people, thummastakamu. We want to die in the state that Allah Ta'ala is happy with us. We want to be raised in the state that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us. May Allah Ta'ala accept our niyyah on this night. May accept all of our coming and sitting. May He enable us to put in our heart every single verse that we heard, every feeling that we felt. May He make it our true feeling. May He give us istikama on this niyyah that we make tonight. Before we make dua, we will make ijtima'i tawbah. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an al-Kareem, Tubu ilallahi jami'ah, ayyuhal mu'minun, la'allukum tuflihun. That you should make tawbah to Allah, jami'ah, all together. Ayyuhal mu'minun, O all believers, la'allukum tuflihun. So that you may be successful in that tawbah. Why? So we always explain to our friends, why did Allah Ta'ala say this? The ulama explained it beautifully. They say that when you can, you can make tawbah alone, and that's also there in deen. But why in this verse Allah Ta'ala is saying, jami'ah, all together, all believers. Because if when we make tawbah in a gathering, if there's any one person in that gathering who makes true tawbah, then Allah Ta'ala sends His rahmah and maghfirah, mercy on the whole gathering. So we should make niyyah that we want to be that person. And we should view that everybody else here is also that person. Not, this is not a gathering tonight where just one person is going to make true tawbah. This should be a gathering that everyone is going to make true tawbah. And we are going to make tawbah on our own behalf, on our friends and family's behalf, on the whole ummah behalf. How do we make this tawbah? So there's some sentences that Allah Ta'ala loves the most. And they're called the kalimat of iman. In fact, when even a total non-believer, atheist, polytheist, if he says these sentences from his heart, with meaning and feeling, Allah says, I forgive everything. So because we know Allah Ta'ala loves these sentences, Alhamdulillah, we already have iman, right? But we're going to say those sentences that Allah Ta'ala loves the most. And because Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam said in an authentic hadith, Jaddidu imanakum. That you should do tajdeed, you should renew your iman. So we're going to say some sentences of iman. And the second way we make tawbah is to say some sentences of istighfar, means seeking and begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. And what we want to do tonight, because we're not just making tawbah, 
Hmm? What did Allah Ta'ala say to Mantaba Mak Fastakim? That you must also make istikama. So in addition to Tawbah, we should make the second niyyah tonight, istikama. That we want to be true and steadfast and firm on this intention. So one way to do that is to make a commitment to Allah Ta'ala. An Arabic commitment is called bayah. Bayah is taken to Allah Ta'ala. So I want to make a commitment to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala on my tawbah and on my wish to have istikama. And we take that commitment to Allah Ta'ala with someone who is going to help us and guide us on this path of tawbah and istikama through such gatherings and through some zikr. So many of you are already familiar with us because we come to this masjid often a time. The zikr mashaykh teach that we can remain steadfast. And really I will tell you, if you can have istikama on this zikr, it will help you to have istikama on your tawbah. That zikr is as follows. Number one, every day you must recite Qur'an al Ideally recite one juz, half a juz, quarter juz, but no day should be empty of Qur'an. Second, hundred times a day istighfar. Astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli dhanbin wa atubu ilay. Third, hundred times a day salawat. In Idrud Sharif, Salawat ala Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala sinuna Muhammad wa ala ali sinuna Muhammadin wa barak wa sallam. These are three zikrs of the tongue. Then our Mashaik teach two zikrs of the heart. It's all drawn from Quran and Sunnah. What are the two zikrs of the heart? Zikr of the heart means that without even saying anything on your tongue, that your heart is remembering Allah Ta'ala. Your heart is feeling for Allah Ta'ala. So there are two ways to do this. The first way is that whenever you're working, driving, meeting people, when you're not in ibadah, still you should remind your heart to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as one example, you can just think of anything you heard tonight, that my Allah ta'ala is going, wants to give me pure elixir to drink in Jannah. Just think that all the time, walking all the time, my Allah is my Rabb, Allah is my Rabb, Allah is my Rabb in this world, Allah ta'ala is my Rabb in Jannah. Allah tells my Rabbin Akhirah. All the time your heart, it's not enough just to believe Allah is my Rabb in your mind. You must feel that Allah is my Rabb from your heart. You have to feel it from the heart every second. So this is, in Arabic they call it وقوف qalbi. It means that your qalb, your spiritual heart is in a state of waqf. It's permanently fixed. It's stuck on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Nothing can unstuck it. Nothing can shake it. Nothing can move it. It's in waqf. It means it's stationary. So you should practice this. There's any way, any type of feeling that you can feel for Allah Ta'ala in your heart, feel it. Feeling of love, feeling of fear, feeling of shukr, feeling of longing, feeling of yearning. All the time your heart should be feeling the feelings of Allah Ta'ala. And if you find that you keep forgetting, then start reminding yourself. If you find that my heart forgets to feel for Allah Ta'ala, keep reminding, keep reminding, then your heart will remember to feel those feelings. And the last zikr, which is also a zikr of the heart, is every day you should try to spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, some of you might be able to do more, depending how much free time you have, that you want to spend some of your free time. فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَنْسَبْ Allah said, when you're free, you must become steadfast. وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ and you should turn to Allah Ta'ala in raghba. So you should sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes of your free time 
with just this niyyah that I want to turn to Allah. I want to forget the whole world and all that it contains. I want to forget myself and what I contain. The only thing I want to feel in this 10-15 minutes is my love and longing and yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want to be stripped of everything else. So how will you get this? You need to focus. So Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكْ Make dhikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. You will just sit and make this intention that my heart, the heart of my ruh, my qalb, is making zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. That's it. So if you practice the zikr with istikama, you listen to bayan and you read the bayan, read bayanat and listen to bayanat and mashayikh, then you will keep getting these feelings and inshallah we can also try to become people of istikama. Wa akhirat da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.